Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. It is Saturday, June 24th, 2017. Good morning, everybody. This is Sam Rosenberg. Um, I had to get back on the mic to talk about the NBA draft, specifically the uh, picks that the Philadelphia 76ers uh, picked in this most recent draft. So um, I'm sure uh, those of you out there who are NBA fans, um, the draft was this past Tuesday, excuse me, Thursday night. And, um, you know, there was some excitement. It was a loaded draft. Um, pretty much everything went to chalk. Uh, there weren't many surprises. Um, you know, probably the, the most exciting thing was the Sixers trading for the number one pick. They had the number three pick. They traded their, uh, their Lakers pick for next year to the Celtics to take the number one pick so they could go get Markel Fultz. Um, out of Washington, that happened. Uh, they now have Markel Fultz. That's pretty exciting. You know, really thinking about how Markel Fultz is going to fit with this Sixers core, all of a sudden, you know, we're everyone's sitting here saying, wow, you know, Hinky really, you know, he died for our sins, man. He totally fucking died for our sins because all of the shit that he did, all of the losing that happened, all of those trades where he was, you know, sneaking in second round picks like they were extra pieces of candy that you were asking when you went trick or treating, or when he was, you know, pilfering and stealing people from uh, the Sacramento Kings so they could get pick swaps. Um, all of that wheeling and dealing that Sam Hinkie did is finally paying off. Now the Sixers go in to the 2017 2018 season with Ben Simmons, Markel Fultz. Joel Embiid, and then you have to start thinking about, you know, how else are they going to fill in everything else? So it's like, so, okay, so when you come right out the gate this season, are you going to have Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz be your backcourt? Is that, like, who's going to be the starting five? Are we saying that it's going to be a starting five of, say, Fultz, Simmons, Dario Saric, Joel Embiid, and, you know, Covington? I mean, is that how it's going to look? Is that going to be your starting five for the Sixers? Or is Simmons going to be more of a small forward type position and you're going to have, you know, Fultz playing like, <clears throat> I guess. I mean, I think you can see Fultz playing a two-guard and off-guard position, although I think primarily they want him to be that sort of floor general, that Chauncey Billups quarterback on the floor. Um, or do you see, you know, a situation where, you know, Brett Brown is going to ease Markel Fultz in? Is it going to be a situation where maybe you see, you know, TJ McConnell starting and then Markel Fultz coming off the bench? Or are you going to see, you know, or, you know, is Brett Brown not even going to, you know, why even why even give anybody any type of, uh, you know, wrong messages when you could just put, uh, you know, TJ McConnell to come off the bench? Because I think, listen, I think that, you know, Markel Fultz is going to be able to learn a few things from TJ McConnell purely from an experience and, you know, being in the league a little uh, longer. Um, but the truth is, man, this guy is the future, or at least he's the point guard of the future for the Sixers, at least right now. That is the expectation for him right now. And I think that it's incumbent upon the Sixers to at least try this out, to at least, you know, send him out there and give him an opportunity to play major minutes, you know, while also, because I'm also, you know, is Jared Bayless... You know, is he really going to figure into this season with the team? Because Brian Colangelo brought him in last year to kind of be this veteran point guard presence, and then he had this wrist injury that essentially sidelined him the entire year. 
So, and, and that sort of inserted TJ McConnell into that role of starting point guard who could play really meaningful minutes and who is really, you know, TJ McConnell's not known as a scorer, but he was, you know, he was a distributor. He was a guy who passed the ball. He was a guy that was there to be your point guard. He was your Charlie Ward, your Chris Childs, your, you know, your white chocolate, your guy who was out there to be like, listen, I don't need to be the man. I just need to make sure my superstars get enough touches to do what they need to do. Um, so I'm a little curious to see exactly how much of a workload they give him. And I'm really curious to see how he and Simmons play together. Um, you know, that's, that's exciting, especially because I think there was a feeling like, you know, what can Simmons do? And now, you know, you're going to pair him with Fultz and in some way, you know, now it's almost going to be, unless one of them gets injured, it's going to be hard to kind of, you know, separate the two of them and understand, you know, deeply, you know, what you're getting without the other. Although, listen... We could get, you know, one month into the season and very clearly understand that, you know, one of them is, is better than the other. And, you know, one, you know, they could also be washouts. This is, it's going to be, you know, there's a lot of excitement right now about this core, but there's also going to be a lot of questions, man. I mean, Dario Saric started last season looking like crap, and by the end of the year, he was the potential rookie of the year. And we're still, we are still waiting to hear what the announcements are regarding MVP and rookie of the year and all these other awards. I think Monday, this Monday, is the coming awards show. We'll find out exactly who got all the awards. I think it was Russell Westbrook who who uh, who won MVP, but um, it'll probably be Dario Saric because I don't think I think there was enough people out there who couldn't vote for Embiid because of how few games he played last season. Uh, anyway, my point is that Dario Saric started the season looking like crap and finished the season as a potential rookie of the year. You know, that there's no reason to think that you won't see some type of an evolution with Fultz and Simmons. Um, and, you know, at those moments, you're going to see the Sixers, you know, really relying on the core players that were really kind of working the hardest last year, like the T.J. McConnells, um, the Robert Covingtons, the Gerald Hendersons, the Rashawn Holmes. I think you're going to see a lot of Rashawn Holmes this season. I think you're going to see, you know, I'm not convinced that that Joel Embiid is 100% healthy and out the gate and ready to play 82 games. I think that even this year, you're going to continue to see the Sixers you know, use caution with Joel Embiid and probably rest him at certain games. And I think you're going to see Rashawn Holmes really being asked to step up and play that role. Now, um, let's go into a little bit deeper regarding the other draft picks the Sixers brought in, um, because it's a, it, you know, it's 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 an interesting thing to look at, and it also sort of, you know, begs the question regarding where does everybody else, you know, fit in with this. So. Um, they dra- so the Sixers drafted, well, they drafted several other players. They traded some of them, but really the guys they came out with was, in addition to Fultz, they went and drafted a bunch of other big men. It was another moment where they were kind of drafting large, you know, forwards and centers, you know, for which which is a little, does leave a little bit of a head scratcher because this is a situation where, you know, that was their problem. You know, one of the knocks you can say on Sam Hinkie was that he drafted all of these big men and they were really kind of, you know, missing point guards and and uh, backcourt players, which, you know, was a major reason why they drafted Fultz this year. Um, but they end up going into the draft, and they... Uh, let me see if I can see exactly how to pronounce these. This is totally me guessing on how the hell to say any of these guys' names. I don't really... I'm just going to throw it out there. So we've got this Latvian guy, this seven foot two hundred and twenty seven foot two. How the hell do you say his name? Okay. Uh, I'm mean, this is totally a guess. 
where how did Andres Pazekshix did uh, Anzis Pasekniks. He was the 25th overall pick. They traded with the Orlando Magic. So he was picked by the Orlando Magic, and then the Sixers swapped picks with, the, or at least, they, I don't know what the trade was, but Anzes Paseksniks, he's been playing in the Spanish League. He's about seven foot two, uh, 229 pounds. He's a huge guy. He's a huge, huge guy. Another Latvian player coming over here. Again, question that I have to ask is, is he actually going to be on the team next year? He might be. He might not be. Is he going to stay over in Europe? Right now, it's looking like he's going to be on the team next year, and he's going to be featured. Um, this I'm going to keep going. Let me keep going down these draft picks. The next guy they got was uh, uh, Jonah Bolden, right? Did I say that right? Yeah. Jonah Bolden, who's been playing in the uh, the Adriatic League. Uh, he's also um, he's Australian. And this is, you know, you got a little bit more of another guy where uh, – you know, he's got a little bit of a tie uh, to Brett Brown and Ben Simmons. So you got a nice little tie. Ben Simmons, another Australian dude. Brett Brown was a longtime Australian guy who, um, uh, you know, well, he's not Australian, but he played in Australia. He, uh, you know, he's got ties to Australia. He knows Jonah Bolden, too. So there's a little bit of that. Jonah Bolden is also another big guy. Got, you know, he's uh, six foot 10, 227 pounds. This is another sort of power forward you know, imposing player that they brought in. And then they drafted uh, Matthias Lasort. I'm, I'm a, I was, may, or Lasol, maybe, I don't know. I'm not French. Six foot nine, 250 pound guy. Here's another sort of power forward guy from the French league. So they brought over three European players. Let's see how many of these guys actually make the team. But you're looking at more sort of power forwards, big men that can shoot, that are coming from Europe, that are somewhat proven because they've already played some professional ball over in Europe. But the the reason I wanted to reel through all three of these guys is because I wanted to talk about Jaleel Okafor. Because now it really starts to beg the question, where the hell does Jaleel Okafor fit in in the future of the Sixers? I think it's become abundantly clear that though Julia Okafor was one of these top draft picks that the Sixers got in the last couple of years, you know, they got Embiid, they got Okafor, they now got Ben Simmons, they now have Markel Fultz. Julia Okafor is really the odd man out. He's the guy that has not panned out. Um, you know, he was, unlike the other guys, he's the only guy that's actually, with well, the exception of Fultz, knock on wood, he's the only guy that hasn't been injured and hasn't, like, missed an entire season of his rookie year because he's got some injury. Instead, We've seen two full seasons of Julia Okafor, um, and the first season, I think he was given the best shot he could have had on this Sixers team to shine and to sort of take the spotlight and show how important a player he was, and I think he really squandered that opportunity. You know, nobody else was playing. This was before they drafted Simmons. This was, Embiid wasn't playing. It was Embiid's second straight year of missing any of missing time, and Okafor was a bit of a disappointment, and then they had that whole issue with him getting pulled over speeding on the on the Ben Franklin Bridge, and then they had the issue where he got, you know, videotaped getting in an argument with some Boston Celtics fan. I mean, all of these things that just looked bad for a rookie, and then compound it with the fact that he couldn't find a way to fit in with the team, and he wasn't really living up to be a third, uh, a number three overall pick, and... All of his trade value has been squandered as well because that rookie year was one of the few times when there were teams that were saying, you know what, why don't we just go trade for him right now? This was before Hinky was gone. Uh, the Boston Celtics were talking about trading for him. They were talking about how he could be a good piece to the team. Now, 
we've had two seasons of Okafor. The second season last year, he was seriously marginalized. You know, there were many games where he wasn't playing simply because there just was too many guys on the roster who needed minutes. There were games where he was being benched because Rashawn Holmes was playing better than he was. Um, There were games where he was just resting. I mean, you talk about Joel Embiid having injury issues. Uh, Jaleel Okafor, he was resting in games because he had, quote-unquote, a sore right knee or a sore... So, you know, you've got Embiid trying to come back from an injury. Okafor hasn't even had proper injuries, but, I mean, even he's had meniscus issues, and all of a sudden, even he's the guy who's got to sit out game after game after game because, oh, you know, we're, we're quote-unquote, taking precautions. You know, the Sixers take more goddamn precautions than anybody out there because they're the only team out there right now which is admittedly saying, hey, we're not even fucking trying to win. You know, uh, we don't really need to win tonight. We'll just have Julia Okafor sit out another game. There was a game last year, my father and I, we, uh, we went to a Sixers-Miami Heat game in Miami. It was the uh, night before the Super Bowl. It was a Saturday, um, February 4th, I believe it was, of uh, <clears throat> 2017. So it was earlier this year. And uh, you know, it was a great game. We had a lot of fun. But at the very last minute, Jaleel Lokafor was scratched. And um, Nerlens Noel and Rashawn Holmes had to play in his stead. And, you know, it was clear that they couldn't they, – they had no answer whatsoever for Hassan Whiteside that night. Hassan Whiteside had 30, 30 points and 20 rebounds. I mean, he was dominant. But the point is, is that Okafor, you know, they've been cautioning with, with you know, his knee. And then because of that – his trade value went down. He was showcased less. He got fewer minutes. And then the minutes that he did get, he didn't really look that good. You know, he his offensive game is good, but it didn't really improve. His defensive game is still questionable. He's not really a post presence. And then to top it all off, the Sixers ended up trading Nerlens Noel last year as opposed to Jaleel Okafor. Nerlens Noel who started to really improve last year, who started to look more and more like a hungry determined NBA post player as opposed to the kind of the young wide-eyed you know deer in the headlights look that he had over the first couple of seasons that he was with the Philadelphia 76ers where you know what they were losing he couldn't really be the offensive presence um the there was nobody on the team for him to play with finally last year was really the first year with Embiid playing Nerland started to look good. He started to look like, you know, he started to get pissed that he wasn't getting minutes. He started to get pissed that they weren't featuring him more. He really wanted to be featured, and it was sort of like, you know, do something with me or get me the hell out of here. And he got his wish. They traded him, and I don't even like this fucking trade, you know? You're gathering all these assets so you can take another, you know, bite at the apple to see if your draft pick is going to hit off. And Nerlens was somebody where, you know, listen, even if he's if he's not good, he's going to fit in with the, you know, the future of your team. And if he's not going to fit in for the future of your team, you're going to flip him for an asset that's going to. They flipped him to the Dallas Mavericks for Andrew Bogut and Justin Anderson, okay? Andrew Bogut, they immediately bought out, never played for the team. And then uh, Justin Anderson continued to play for the team for the rest of the season. And listen, I think Justin Anderson brought something nice. He brought some physicality to the Sixers, which is something I think they were lacking, Um but I don't really see Justin Anderson being a future, you know, piece to this team. He's not like he does a lot of things well, but nothing really well. He's not the he can shoot, but he's not a great shooter. He can score, but he's not a great scorer. He can defend, but he's not a great defender. You know, I mean, I see him, you know, being like a glorified Gerald Henderson. You know, it's like you either had Gerald Henderson, you had Justin Anderson. They can pl- kind of play that 
shooting guard, shooting guard, small forward role. But I just I don't see him fitting in. So at the end of the day, you traded Nerlens Noel for Justin Anderson. And you know what? I mean, maybe they got a second round pick in that, but I, I'm not sold on that deal. And again, instead of trading Okafor, you traded Nerlens Noel, someone who was actually improving, someone who was actually looking like they could fit into the team. But I think Noel wasn't happy, and you know it was clear that he wasn't going to. He was only going to bring so much to the team. I still think they traded the wrong guy. But the point is that Okafor is now stuck on this Sixers roster. He's going into year three. Um, I think it's abundantly clear uh, now that Dario Saric and Joel Embiid are are you know better than than Jaleel Okafor. They're definitely more valuable commodities to the Sixers right now. They're going to be getting more minutes. Um, they're going to be getting more playing time, more face time. If anything, all of their stock is rising, and Okafor's stock is going down. Now, I think the Sixers. It would behoove them to move Okafor because of all of these big men they just got. Because now it's starting to make sense with the big men. You know, it's a logjam with with uh, centers and power forwards with the Sixers. But if Embiid continues to have health and injury problems, all of a sudden you get to go to it. Besides Rashawn Holmes and Jaleel Okafor, you get to go to this guy Andres Pazenchik's and uh, Jonah Bolden and. Um, you know, Matthias Lasort, you know, these big guys, they're probably going to need some of these guys to really bang it out in practice and also fill in when Embiid can't play and fill in when Okafor can't play. Or, you know, if, if, if Colangelo plays his cards right, maybe he's able to move Okafor by the trade deadline. And then you're able to get him out for some future assets or possibly some backcourt players who are going to be a little bit of a step up over TJ McConnell. I, I, I got mad love for TJ McConnell and everything he's done, but you got to improve from him. You just have to. He needs to be the backup, and that's all he can be. And, you know, I like the purpose of a Jared Bayless on the team, but you need someone better than Jared Bayless. And if they can trade Okafor for a guy like that, like if you bring in, you know, I mean, is is Monte Ellis, is that the wrong approach? Patty Mills, there had been some discussion about Patty Mills coming to the Sixers. Um you know, there's also possible discussion about Kyle Lowry coming to the Sixers. I mean, these guys, they could really be great to fit in with Fultz and um, Simmons. And you could you could play all three of them together. You could put Fultz on the bench and have Lowry come out. You could put Simmons on the bench and have Lowry play with Fultz. You could have Lowry play with Simmons. You know, you've got a seasoned guy who's going to fit in. And so... Maybe you trade Okafor for a piece like that. Maybe you trade Okafor for something of that nature. But right now, you're just you're just absolutely killing his stock. He's not going to get on the court now that he's got to compete with all these other additional draft picks that they brought in. You know, I I, I just don't know. I just don't know. I don't know what the future holds. I'm excited about the Fultz pick. Um, I was I, you know I I kind of got excited when the Sixers drafted two other you know, backcourt guards in the second round, but they traded both of them. They traded them out to the, you know, they, they traded, uh, they drafted Jawan Evans and, um, oh God, what was his name? I, I can't remember his name, but anyway, they traded it. They traded Jawan Evans, to the Clippers. They traded that other guy to the, uh, to the Milwaukee Bucks. And they essentially went, they wanted more big men. They wanted more of these power forwards and these post presence guys. Um, I, I, I'm curious to see how it's all going to work out. I mean, listen, there's a lot of excitement, there's a lot of potential, but we're not going to know anything until these guys get on the court. And I think this year they're saying Simmons isn't even going to play summer league. I think they're just 
They need to have these guys goddamn play. And you know what? With the way the Sixers are cautious regarding injuries, I can't deal with this shit anymore. I can't deal with them saying, oh, somebody farted in their general direction and now they've got to sit out three games. You know, I, somebody, you know, looked at them wrong and now they need to sit out a whole month. I mean, I'm pretty confident Ben Simmons could have come back and played last year, but at that point, the Sixers are like, fuck it. We don't need to win any more games and why tease anybody and, you know, sell more jerseys, God forbid, um, by having him actually get out there on the court. I just, I want to see these guys play. And we're going to know a lot more about the team once the season starts and we'll be able to see them play. But, you know, now the draft is over. It's in the books. Um, There's plenty other drama to go around. We could talk about the Lakers drafting Alonzo Ball or the Celtics drafting Jason Tatum or, you know, the Sacramento Kings actually having a good draft. I mean, but... it's not the purpose of Sam Sports Podcast right now. I I could go, listen, I've got a serious problem with talking about 500 different things all at once. I struggle sometimes to simply focus on one topic. The one topic today is the Philadelphia 76ers and their 2017 draft picks. That's the rant I went on, and that's where I'm going to finish, man. I'm not going to go on anything else. I could rant forever. Um you know, about the fact that like, you know, I, I, you know, it's, it's, I'm waiting for rain here in Texas, even though there's been no rain. Uh, it's getting to be a hundred degrees here. Um, you know, I'm trying to find a new job these days. Um, possibly look, you know, trying to pitch a, a show to, uh, ESPN's 30 for 30 podcast. We'll see how that works out. The point is I got a lot of, you know, um, irons in the fire. I got a lot of, you know, things brewing, but, uh, um, Today, I'm just I'm just ranting about the Sixers and their draft picks. I feel good about this draft. I really do feel good about this Sixers draft. I really, honest to God, feel that this season, the 17-18 season, is probably going to be one of the first opportunities where we will truly see the Sixers actually be a legitimately competitive team. And even if they're not competitive, even if they're not a playoff team, they should be fun to watch, which I got to be honest one of the roughest parts about the Sixers during this rebuilding process has been how terrible they've been to watch. They've just been so bad, so bad to watch. It's just hard to even, it's hard to even classify it as legitimate basketball that they're even playing. I mean, you know, it's good. It's just, I'm watching, if I wanted to watch a D-League team, I'd, you know, I'd go see the Austin Toros around the corner or something, you know, but I don't, I want to see legitimate basketball and, you know, who the hell was the guy who was always out there? It was just like, why the hell is he on the court? You know, I mean, there was there was always a few guys where it was sort of like they're getting, you know, the, the 10-day contract guys that the Sixers kept signing and throwing out there to just fill out the roster. It was just, it's just sad. It's like, what the hell are you guys doing there? Anyway, listen, I've ranted enough. I'm excited about this year's, uh, about the Sixers draft, and I'm excited about this upcoming season. I think there is some real promise. Uh, anyway, thanks a lot for listening. Um, more to come soon. Uh, You can subscribe to my uh, Sam Sports podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Uh, Follow me on Twitter at SmithFaceJones. It's a bit of an inside joke, but it goes way back. Um, You can also like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Um, And uh, also email me with any uh, mailbag questions that you might have. I love answering mailbag questions. Uh, You can email me at samsportsstation at gmail.com, S-M-A-S-S-P-O-R-T-S-S-T-A-T-I-O-N at gmail.com. I want to thank Don Kinian again for our fantastic Sam Sports Podcast theme music. It's really growing on me, Don. I like it. And uh, listen, I'll be back soon. Um, Hoping to have Shaka on soon to talk a little bit about the... uh, 
the Eagles offseason moves, uh, do a little NFL. You know, it's summertime, and the only thing that's got uh, going on is baseball. And no offense, baseball, but I'm just not as big a fan as I am with basketball and football. So I got to, you know, I got to fill the, the summer up with uh, things to talk about in the NFL and the NBA. But I will do it. There are things to talk about, and I will find a time to fill the time. Uh, but in the meantime, enjoy yourselves. Enjoy your uh, Saturday. Enjoy your family. Be thankful that uh, everyone is alive and happy and that you're able to see them. And, uh, you know, because uh, you can't always get a chance to see everyone every day. And it's, uh, it's a blessing when you're with someone. So when you're with them, be with them. Be here and now, right now. Uh, but that's all I got for today. Thanks a lot for listening. I will be back soon. And uh, talk to you later. Bye-bye.